Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast with Matt and Lori Krieg from Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is episode three of the podcast. You're going to hear an amazing story. It's the story of Lori. What's the story, Lori? Hey, hey, hey. I feel like I need like a cane and a hat. Or something <laughs> there you right go. Now. <laughs> a little tap dance. Yeah, this is Lori Krieg here with Matt Krieg. He is my husband. And thank you to producer Steve. This is the third Hole in My Heart podcast. And the reason we're doing it is to show how the gospel is good news for everybody every day. So we're so glad that you came back for number three. And so what we're going to do, as we explained the last time, is this podcast split up in three sections. The first one is we're going to answer the question from last week, last time. I don't know. Maybe listen to it last hour. Uh, And then we're going to do Goofball Island, talk about randomness, and then get to the heart of the matter, which today is going to be my story. Hey. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And Matt decided since he is a counselor, he's going to like get like real into my heart and make me cry and ask really good in-depth questions. That is always the goal of a counseling session. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 for real. When you have clients cry, is there a party that's like nailed it? I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> so when you have Steve in your office with you counseling, him, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm say, a tough nut to crack. Sorry, but you'll have, you know. Or vice versa. I mean, hey, anyway. All right. I digress. Anyway, so the last time the question of the week was, uh, when was the last time or when was the time that you really felt like you knew God loved you, like experienced it? And Matt, I know you have one. Do you want to start with you? Yeah, there was, um, well, a couple, about 18 months ago, there was a time when I had a, well, as a counselor, I had an, a crisis situation um, that lasted a good six, seven hours um, oh, of, of just intense, you know, working through a crisis situation with um, a few clients. And at the end of it, I am completely exhausted. I'm mm. completely drained. I get home and come to find out that Lori, some of your family was just about to head over. And so I was exhausted (laughs) and didn't really want to see anyone, but I just sat there (laughs) and, um, listened to, listened to some music. And it was like the spirit of God just kind of came over me and just, I I guess, gave me energy, gave me strength. And like, I remember you came into the room and I mean, I had like tears coming down my face. You're like, well, what's going on? I thought you were in crisis. (laughs) And I was just like, overwhelmed by the presence of God and, and the fact that he not only saw the difficult stuff that I had been um, working with other people and going through, um, but he was like, hey, don't worry about it. I, I've I've got you. I see you. I know what you're doing. I know you're exhausted, but here, mm-hmm. have, a, have a cup full of strength. And, and so uh, that was one time that just really clearly stuck out that, that God is, is looking after me. Aw, um, I love that. And, How about you, Steve? Uh, well... I've got one, you know, kind of like milestone experience Mm -hmm. from it's been uh, 17 years ago now um, of, you know, just really wrestling with if God loves me or if Mm. God cares at all or if it's just kind of a random, you know, sequence of events that we call our lives. Yeah. Um, 
and just really struggling with my own issues, my own sins and addictions and crying out to him and having a sense of his spirit speaking to my spirit, like for the first time I'd ever had anything like that. Mm -hmm. Mm. Just saying, I am here, I am with you and I love you and everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And and the next day I found out my my company I was working for was going out of business and I had no job anymore. But it was very exciting because I was like, there's a connection here that God spoke to me in that way last night like immediately you could tell it's like connection oh yes mm-hmm. like uh, i was excited uh, about this loss of a job you know and it, that's not hmm. in my character at all that's amazing so that was so i don't think that's in many people's character. right right true yeah <laughs> um but definitely not mine and then more recently just you know last week being on vacation with my wife yeah. you know just being able to sort of slow down the pace of life and totally. sort of slow down and connect with him and just yeah. get into his word and hear from his mm-hmm. spirit again, you know, that yeah. he's he's with us and for us. And so, you know, um, there's those big milestone moments yeah. and then there's the kind of more kind mm-hmm. of like, okay, yeah. just r- touching base. Yes. Totally. You know? yeah. Totally. Right, right. So that's kind of my more story of love that I'll talk about for now is like maybe three or four weeks ago. Um, I think I was just feeling down and just like, oh, this this job, this ministry can be really hard and just feeling kind of discouraged and like just plugging away, plugging away. More courage, Lori. Keep going out there. And I was just putting my girls, my daughters in the car and buckling them in. And it was just like God, his spirit just overwhelmed me. It was like all of a sudden it just I just sensed him being like, I'm so proud of you. I just love you right where you are. And I start crying, just buckling my girls in. Hmm. And I come back over it. And that's when I went to Matt. And he's like, what's wrong? Again, crisis mode or what's going on? And I'm like, God loves us so much. He's so proud of us. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> and I just went to whatever library or something. <laughs> but it was just enough to like fill up my love tank. And honestly, that it's just, I don't know. It still gets me a little emotional thinking about it. It's those everyday sweet moments and the mountaintop ones. So now we're going to do a little uh, pull up from the, the, the depth of, <laughs> see again, we're back yeah. on the same question of the week one of what's deep mean, but yeah. <laughs> we'll be deeply joyful now. Yeah. What were you going to say, Matt? Well, and I think that, I mean, this is a good, good lead in off of um, Steve's vacation time. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the, the question being, <laughs> if you could apparate for those of you know, who know Harry Potter, or for those you don't, if you could teleport <laughs> Anywhere in the world, where would you go? What's teleport? Is that like Star Trek? So just a general. That's. I mean, that's like Nightcrawler does it from X Men. It's okay. it's more of the general term for general vanishing nerdery. from one space <laughs> and instantaneously appearing somewhere else. Yes. Okay. Um. And so, yes. Where would you teleport? And would you teleport with someone else? So where would you go? Who would you go with? You don't have to go with anyone. Mm. As an introvert, that's very tempting. I'm like, how about an abandoned island somewhere and just be quiet? That sounds great. I just need no sound. Uh, But I actually think I miss our friends. We lived in California for a few years, and I miss our friends out there a lot. We had really great community. And so it's uh, in California, in wine country, which is not the point. I'm just saying it is. But Part the point. (laughs) <laughs> it's also our friends and it's California and I don't know I just we left a piece of our hearts there so I think I would teleport with you find a good babysitter for the girls and then go out there and hang out for a weekend and I try not to splinch myself 
There's. Ooh, yeah. Hey, Steve, you got that one. Well, yeah. yeah I was gonna say if you're gonna if you're using flu powder, yeah. Make sure you speak very clearly. <laughs> don't say diagonally. No, you never know. You don't know where where you're gonna go diagonally to. Right. Mars. Exactly. Not diagonally. Right. Thank you for jumping down that you're rabbit hole welcome. with me deeply. <laughs> Matt. I, was, I was trying to avoid the rabbit hole, but Matt's like we're gonna exclude people, and I'm like, I mean, just a little nerding out, a little more. Anyway. Okay, sorry. I, uh, well, I I will tell you where I know that I won't go, and that is Door County, <laughs> Wisconsin. <gasps> Nothing wrong with yes, Door County, Wisconsin, but I was just there. Oh, there you so go. So we were just there last week. Yeah. Beautiful place. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like, okay, first of all, I would take my wife. Yeah. Because, I don't know. Codependent, maybe I don't know. <laughs> we'll get in that <laughs> yeah. episode ten. That'll be down don't worry the line. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I would love to go to someplace super old. I don't because maybe I'm getting old. I don't know, <laughs> but like Israel oh. or like parts of Europe where you can see yeah. some of the like old history, and I'm into that these days. So, and I've never mm-hmm. been to any place Aww. like that over. I've never been to Europe or to right. the Mediterranean. So there you go. Okay, that's cool. Mm. I dig it. Are you like really into uh, Ireland? I feel like people who are into Ireland are like super into Ireland. Well, I like the idea of Ireland, but it seems kind of cold. It seems yeah. like a cold place. Yeah. And I'm Irish, so I've got to oh, go there eventually. Right. See, that's what I find. Yeah. Irish people go. They just go. Right. They find their way. <laughs> Do it. So maybe I'll get a big fat parka and I'll go to Ireland. <laughs> and an umbrella. <laughs> yes. And some potatoes. Anyway, Matt. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I never thought of Ireland as cold. Iceland, maybe. But yeah. No, I mean, Ireland, people who, who go to Ireland, they bring pictures and they're wearing big True. Is it just cold coats. or wet? It's cold and wet, okay. I think, which is the worst combination. Hmm. I have a friend there. We should ask. Anyway, okay. go ahead. Um, so I would seriously considering going by myself, although if I could teleport, I could probably get away by myself enough that I would take you, Lori. Oh, thank um. you for that <laughs> generosity. <laughs> So I would I would take you and we would go. It, it would just be somewhere in the woods, in the mountains. Um, Hiking with equipment or just random? Well, I mean, we wouldn't really need equipment because we could just teleport to the nearest supermarket. Like, I mean, we wouldn't need to, like, hike in, like, food and stuff. So... All right. So it'd be good. It would be somewhere in the woods, in the mountains, and there would be hiking, but... But we wouldn't need to. We could just teleport each but no, step. No, but... <laughs> Well, that's just lame. <laughs> now you're taking it too far. But it's a mile to the next checkpoint. Let's just teleport. Uh, uh. Around, just around the river bend. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've goofed around enough. So here we are down to what's the story, Lori? And I'm going to share my story. But Matt's going to ask me some really in-depth questions that are going to make me say it in a way I haven't said it before. I hope so. Okay, go ahead. So Lori, um, I know you... I know your family, obviously, since I married into the behemoth of a family that you have. It I is have, quite large. Yes, um, 11 But tell siblings. me, what was it like growing up as a middle child who happens to have two middle children after you and seven middle children before you as number <laughs> nine out of 12? Yeah. So what was that like? Uh, people usually, they immediately think of Cheaper by the Dozen with like Ashton Kutcher and like kids 
on chandeliers swinging from the ceiling and banana peels and garbage everywhere. It was mostly not like that, actually. It was more like the older version of Cheaper by the Dozen, where it was like more orderly. Um, so I actually really enjoyed a lot of it, having 11 siblings. I really liked to be amidst, amongst... Oh Jason too. <laughs> Jason too. Parallel to the family. Um, even like recently, we had a big family get together, and it's like as the volume goes up, uh, my I get more and more zen. So I kind of like the noise. I don't like to feel like I have to be in charge of it, but I like to be around it. So I really um, there's a lot of pieces of it that I really enjoyed, including my favorite times were in our 15 passenger church van driving almost anywhere, especially long car trips. It was so, I like to just be together and we'd have like old tuna sandwiches that had been packed at like four in the morning. It's like two in the afternoon. We probably got a little sick, but I even that. I think I'm getting car sick just hearing about it. And we had not one, but two car top carriers strapped to the top. And every time we would like drive past other cars or they drive past us because that probably more likely happened, we were like the circus. I would see people just like staring out of the cars at us as there's like feet hanging out the windows because there's 14 people packed in this and we all look alike. We're all blonde and tall and blue eyed. It's like different versions of the same person. So that was my favorite. Uh, but I also, as one of 12 kids, there was opportunities to get lost. You know, we were just talking about this even before we started recording of just like how we do. We have this hole in our heart and this hole in our heart is just restless until, as Augustine says, until it finds its rest in thee. But instead of just being like this really ethereal, what's that hole in your heart? Um, at Hole in My Heart Ministries, of which I'm very familiar, we talk about how there are core needs inside that hole in our heart for like to be seen and to belong and to have rest and to laugh, which is why we even have like just goofy things on this podcast um, and to belong and be desired. But for me, as one of 12 and maybe with my personality type, I don't know. I just had this desire to be seen. And as one of 12 kids, you're never really seen enough. And um even if I think I was just one kid, I don't think anyone could have ever seen me as much as I needed because I would be tempted to worship that person who saw me as much as I needed. And guess who's the only one I'm supposed to worship? God. So here I was, one of 12 kids desiring to be seen and noticed and cared for. And I actually uh, came to Christ when I was six years old. My mom is like an evangelist, amazing evangelist. She'll tell I seriously, I'm sure there's people who are listening to this and like, yep, totally. I came to Christ because her, because she doesn't waste any opportunity, clerks, anyone. Um, so I've learned a lot from her, including myself. I came to Christ as she um, used the old wordless book. Remember that? <laughs> like black is for sin and gold is for heaven, red, you know, and I just like, I saw sin and I saw heaven. And I was like, I want to go to heaven. I want to be with the rest of my siblings there. So, I mean, did I say pray the proverbial prayer because I just was in love with Jesus. No, I did it because I wanted to not go to hell and I wanted to be with my family. Um, but even though that was like perhaps my motivation, I uh, knew from a very young age that um, God was real and he was with me. And even like what I was talking about with like, you know, with putting my daughters in the car and like just overwhelming sense of God's love from six, I just knew he was with me. And I don't know if I knew his love as much as his presence, but sometimes that was enough uh, to keep me just 
as faithful as you can be at six. Um, but I had some instances of assault that spoke to that core need to be seen, um, which said, yeah, we see you, Lori, uh, but not for who you are or how God made you, but for your body. And um, that's a lie <laughs> from the pit. And But I believed it. And not only did I believe that that was my value, I also believed that... Um, that it was my only value, but also just that, that I wasn't safe. Like whenever we're wounded, there's lies that are just dropped in right at that place of wounding. And so there's stuff to grieve, but there's also stuff to like, just get out of us. And we'll talk about that more on the next yeah. podcast. Well, and so, so you have these instances where you're seen, yeah, but not in a, not in a way that you want to be seen. Right. Um, so you're noticed for your body, you're noticed for your physical attributes, but nothing else. Right. Um, how did you respond to that? How did you react? Um, well, I decided that the best defense was a good offense. And so I became really flirtatious with the boys. And like, because if they were looking at me, then I felt like I was in control. So if you see me, then I have a position of power and I can keep my eyes on you. I know where you're at in the room. So if you notice me uh, and I see you, <laughs> I, I, but I won't let you touch me. Also in this... So you became like a snake charmer, in <laughs> yes. essence. Is that what they do? I don't... Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And also in this same season, I had this intrigue since a young age of girls over guys. I've got five brothers, so it goes, I'm number nine. There's two brothers older than me, then another boy, girl boy. So I grew up like playing G.I. Joes, and like my brothers would hit me, I'd hit them back. <laughs> mess with me I wouldn't I wouldn't take anything um and so guys were not necessarily very intriguing to me uh but girls were and so this is usually where people are like so were you born that way etc cetera, etc cetera. and I always am like I really don't care maybe maybe not like the best geneticist scientists can't find a direct correlation they say it's a mix of nature and nurture but even if they do find it I wouldn't be surprised if like every sinful desire in all of us has a genetic tie by, I don't know, next hundred years that they find it. They found other genetic ties to sin, but that doesn't dis, that affirms the Bible. Like you read Romans 8 and it says how all creation is groaning. And so I don't really care. Maybe I was born that way. Maybe I wasn't. This is all I know is that I was born with this intrigue toward women. I had this desire to be seen. I had these assaults against me. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I find myself in college in this same-sex relationship as my dad is a pastor, and I am like, wait a minute, <laughs> where is this coming from? Even though it, in, in, in with this girlfriend, which I didn't even call her my girlfriend, but this girl who I was with, and we just were happened to be in this relationship, she was both simultaneously like the best and most and the hardest thing for me because she did see me, but I also knew that she could never see me enough. And so that was really frustrating to me. And I also even, <laughs> this was the thing is, you know, I would read the Bible and I'd read verses about how it's like, Lori, God needs to be your number one priority. You just need to make her secondary. You need to make her not number one, but as try as I might to take her off the top of the pyramid of priority, I couldn't do it. 
And I honestly, truly, it, it feels inexplicable, but it felt honestly like God wouldn't let me. <laughs> like he was like two women playing at marriage. Lori, I'm not going to let that work. You cannot hug both me and have your idols on the side. That's not the way I designed a marriage, and that's not the way I designed your heart. Your heart's restless until it finds its rest in me, and so only in me will your heart be satisfied. So what was I going to do? I was going to Christian university. I was in this relationship. My dad was a pastor, and I didn't know. We literally, like, my dad walked alongside of us for some of it until I started lying to him a lot. <laughs> but when I wasn't, uh, he, he wrote up contracts for us to, like, hold to, um, but nothing was working. And so I got to a point where I was like, okay, we broke up, got back together, and I was in this mess, this mess. And in that season is when I met Matt. <laughs> so when Matt and I met, it was not this like I had had this come to Jesus moment where I was in this really good place. I was in one of the lowest spots possible. And it became clear like he was interested in me. We we're in the same class. I think we talked about this episode one. Um, now I'm just thinking about Star Wars. Uh, but in, in the first podcast, uh, and, um, he was not creepy, but as I got to know him, my heart connected to his and I wasn't attracted to all men, but I was attracted to Matt. So here I was in this secret same sex relationship, trying to make it work, trying to prioritize God, confessing, falling, redeem, redemption, confessing, oh, didn't know what to do. And Matt's interested in me, and I'm like, hold the phone, bruh. <laughs> like, yeah, there is this heart connection to you, but there's also this whole secret mess that I'm in. And so there was a really, it was like a cold June day. I remember this, and um, I was like, I got to tell you something. And we had taken a month to pray about it. I'd taken a month to, you know, pray about things with this other girlfriend, just to be like, how can we make this work? Why can't two Christian girls be friends? I didn't get it. I didn't know another story like me. So I go to Matt and we meet in this gazebo. Again, it sounds romantic, but it's like, seriously, I'm like, ah, I'm coming out to him. <laughs> and then we're going to start like dating. So I tell him my story and he's like, I don't see you any differently. And he didn't. I could see it in his eyes. Like the I recently wrote about this, like the amount of times I see the like subtle eye flash of like, oh no, what am I going to do with this woman? And it's not to the fault of even the listener necessarily or all the time, but Matt didn't even have that subtle eye flash. He just had like, I don't see you any differently. And I could read that. And I was like, so you like still want to date? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, huh. So I'm thinking through and I'm like, man, I... For sure. And I told him, like, I don't want to kiss till I'm married because I don't want to replace one lust with another. Uh, also, I never want to get married because it looks terrible. So mm? <laughs> I'm the whole package. I'm in the secret relationship. I don't want to get married. Hey. And uh, yeah, we decided, like Elizabeth Elliot says, to just do the next thing, which was let's just take this a day at a time. And um some months pass and it feels like I'm dating two people. I end up ending things uh, with this other woman for good. And those first months were a lot of Matt just like holding me as, as much as I would let you <laughs> hardly touch me uh, as I wept over this breakup with this other woman. And um, 
when the fog started to clear and I woke up to this like, dude, there's this guy who's been with me. Really, honestly, as I reflect on it, just totally exemplifying Jesus, like worst mess. And he's like, I still love you and you're not giving me anything. <laughs> but our friendship was building and our hearts were connecting. And I remember in advanced grammar class, my last semester at college, and I pulled out my journal and I was like, I don't want to get married, but I want to marry Matt. And so we prayed about it and God said no. <laughs> remember that. How did you feel about that? You had the ring. Oh, I had the ring at that point. Um, so yeah, there was, there was definitely some swear words. <laughs> toward me or no, toward not God? toward you toward God because really? I, I knew that that was a, a, a God decision and and so it was kind of like okay God square one but you what's up you did something though with that ring which I had like nightmares about that I did think about that you had the ring but you did something with it mm -hmm. what'd you do yeah. with it well I mean I, I wore it so I put it on a, a necklace or like a leather thing and, and I wore it as a necklace to remind me of the type of relationship that I wanted to be a part of that I wanted to get into I didn't want to just go from my relationship with you now that it was over and then just enter something that was without meaning so what was it I mean I just really need to be built up right now so <laughs> what was it about me that you're like I want something from that relationship in the next one well, it was, I mean, there was a lot of it just with the fact that when I was with you, it wasn't just a, a physical attraction. It wasn't just a physical connection. There was, there was an actual friendship. And when I would think about you, like you were, and I've told you this before, you were the one person that I was like, I am, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Mm. Whereas before when I had entered relationships, it was more like, this is good for now. Like, I, I like this person, mm -hmm. but it like... When it came down to that person or everyone else, yeah, I would choose the everyone else. Hmm. You know the the quote unquote freedom, yeah, of you know flirting with anyone and and really after having the relationship with you and getting to know you on a deeper level, I didn't want everyone else anymore. And so, but oh. we're getting off topic. No, I want to actually push this for a second because what you're saying is kind of novel to me that our removal of the physical aspect, which people would say is integral. That's super necessary to have in a relationship. This is why they say our marriage is impossible. This is why, you know, you shouldn't do this is because that physical animal attraction is so critical. And what you're saying is, it is not primary. Mm -hmm. There were other aspects and maybe even because the physical was removed that we were able to build this, like, you know, if you read the four loves by C.S. Lewis, all the other loves, the friendship, mm -hmm. the brotherly, and the other one that I can't remember right now, that's not Eros. So is that accurate? I mean, I, I think so. And I, I mean, this is something we can get into more on a later podcast, but I, I believe we have elevated that eros, that erotic yeah. love, that animalistic love into something that is way above what it was designed to be. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, the fact is, okay, so if you have an animal attraction, mm -hmm. you're going to pursue that. Like, I mean, there, there's no, that desire is there. Right. It's and, in your and, literal and, animal and so brain, they call if it. You, if you build up that friendship, mm -hmm. 
you know, the, the animalistic attraction or mm-hmm. whatever, like you're, you're still going to want to pursue that after having the friendship. Now, if you, but then once that animalistic attraction is, is gone because it does wane yeah. Yeah. as, as you go deeper into a relationship, right? Because the, it's not as novel. It's not this fresh, exciting new thing all the time. Right. You know, but having that friendship to sustain it. Right. Um, because that friendship I mean, while you can have your ups and downs relationally, like mm-hmm. the friendship, if you really pay attention to it, can deepen and be that long yep. sustaining drive for a relationship as opposed to the the short term, well, lust. Totally. It's so strange when we start talking about this aspect of our marriage is like super straight heterosexual couples are like, I want your marriage. I'm like, okay, same sort of reaction. But they, I think everyone, no matter what their struggle or experience or identity is, like you want that, that friendship is what lasts. That friendship is what can drive the other mm-hmm. aspects. So, so thank we, you. we got to kind of yeah. get back on topic. Though. I'm sorry. Yes. So, so Lori, we, we had this this time of breaking up here, you had broken up with, um, your girlfriend and mm-hmm. then also we, we had split up. And so here you found yourself in a point in life where you're single, mm-hmm. you're alone. No one is seeing you Mm-mm. the way that you want to be seen. And so, you know, what happened in that yeah. moment rather than just jumping to the next person? You know, I had some friendships and I had this still annoying, nagging, voice in my head that just said, kill yourself. I was really wrestling with depression and I was, or cause I, this tension I was living in after Matt broke up, it was like, we had never dated. I was like, I don't know what that was, but every minute of every day I thought a same sex relationship was right for me. I needed to just leave West Michigan, go be who I was, or I was going to kill myself because this tension was terrible. I had, I had zero hope for just staying in this place. And so in that season is when one of my friends was like, so <clears throat> that whole like wanting to kill yourself thing, probably not great. Uh, maybe you should get some help for that. And that was when I met Carolyn. Um, and she, I'd seen several other counselors before who had been helpful and spoken things of life into me at different levels. Um, but what separated her and what I think resonated with me in particular was she didn't focus on the issue. The issue wasn't the issue. I went in, I was like, okay, give me a pill for my depression and tell me I'm gay. Peace. And she's like, let's get behind that. She's like, Lori, when you're looking at that woman, what's going on in your head? And again, kind of like what we're talking about here, even with the animalistic, like I am and was attracted to women. And I was like, okay, this is awkward. But I started noticing that those sentences coming out of my mouth, even if it was like, oh, I just want to be held. Why do I want to be held? I want to be nurtured. I want to be desired. I want to be seen. I want to be noticed. I want to be shown like that I have worth. All those words I just said are not physical words. Those are heart words, which are not bad words. Those are words that God has instilled in that hole in our hearts. So I was like, it was like shocking. And I was like, wait a minute. And she's like, so will that woman as close as you can get to her, do you think that that will actually meet that need in your heart? And I'm like, no. And cause I tried, <laughs> I tried. She, she's like, so then what are you going to do, Lori? And it was like, Paul. And I always, I just love Romans six, seven and eight eat them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's just, he's like, so who will save me from this life of sin and death? And it's, thank God it is Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I was like, okay, feels like kindergarten. What's the answer to everything? Jesus. And I'm like, how? 
I knew I needed Jesus. I didn't know how I needed Jesus. And what she taught me that I didn't know she was teaching me was what is spiritual disciplines. This is like first century monks were doing, which was listening prayer and confession and lament and worship and celebration. Like go have fun for crying out loud, which those things were teaching me more about God And then I was learning how to have people be the supporting process toward getting that hole in my heart met by God primarily, people as the supporting cast. And so I was falling in love. (laughs) I was falling in love with Jesus for the first time. And it wasn't a matter of becoming more Christian. It was a matter of like stopping the doing, Lori, and sink down into him. And I fell in love and I was like, okay, maybe I will move to one of the coasts and I'll go be a professor. I'll go get my doctorate. I'm good. And I sensed God's hand on my shoulder saying, Lori, wait, I have someone for you. And I was like, ugh, (laughs) stressing me out. And I sensed too, just God like, Lori, that's what's so great about being a woman and being you, Lori, is I'm actually, I'm going to bring this person to you. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'm going to keep working. Um, and one of Matt's friends, uh, called me in that time and Matt and I were, had broken up so well. It was just like, God says, no, sorry. Uh, and I messaged Matt and when I pushed send, it was as if God had pushed pause on our relationship before when we broke up and God unpaused when I pushed send. And it was this wave that crashed over me of, oh no. I still love him. And I was a newspaper reporter at the time and I was driving to this next meeting and I was like, don't mess with me, God. I mean, God and I, we we were like tight then. Uh, And I was like, don't mess with me. You know how sensitive I am. And uh, long story short, I email Matt. We meet at Wendy's. Super romantic. We are just your classic romantic couple. Moving up from that gazebo. (laughs) I know. Uh, And so we meet at Wendy's and I'm like, so I still love you? And he's like, huh, okay. Well, I'm actually gonna go see another girl that I had liked for like four years before meeting you. So I'll uh, let you know. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I check his Facebook uh, status like constantly and uh, over the next few weeks. Little did I realize what happened, Matt. Um, well, I was supposed to go to Chicago to visit this uh, this woman and um like two days before I was going to leave, I'm sitting down and watching some sports on, on the TV and it was really awesome sports, like little league world series. So not really. Um, and all of a sudden there's just this like explosion, loud light bulb start shattering over top of my head. The house had been struck by lightning. Thanks um, God. So it fried all my electronics and I couldn't go. I didn't have <laughs> yeah. the money for it. And so instead I went to visit my family. So he didn't see the other woman who is really a great person, but um, you went and saw your family instead. And you said, so Lori is back in the picture. And what'd they say? Well, they loved it. I mean, <laughs> my, my family, like the second they met you, <laughs> were just in love with you, especially my mom. She was, Aww. she was just, I mean, she put your letter on our wall to hang your towel on if you ever came and visited my family like yeah, you were letter L. you were already part of the family like from from like the second that they got to know you and and so mm-hmm. they were super excited um and then very shortly afterward so when you talked with them you really wrestled with your own self and you're like okay am i good enough are we supposed to get together and you made mm-hmm. a decision that was september 08 uh you came back 
to Michigan after visiting your family in Ohio and you like, hey, Lori, let's get back together. Let's talk. And mm-hmm. we decided to get back together. A month later, we were engaged and like four months later, married. So that was a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. And in these next podcasts, I'm sure we'll talk about like what has some of that marriage looked like. And I know we talked about some of Matt's journey with pornography, but you know how that's not I I really it's always I always don't I really don't like sharing that whole ending where Matt and I get married because it seems like and cue the Disney music happily ever after and Lori's straight now and they've got kids like it's been when did that happen <laughs> I mean yeah. I know when the kids happen but when did the straight happen <laughs> so how is that work out in our real life and our real marriage like how is the gospel which is I'm more broken or I'm more sinful than I believe and I'm more loved than I can imagine. How does that play itself out every day in our life? And so, although it sounds like a happy ending, there are some beautiful pieces, what we're talking about, this friendship that we've developed, but there's also some some unique difficulties in our marriage that everyone has unique difficulties mm-hmm. in their marriage. But we, with this podcast, even just want to like crack open what has been like off the books. You're not allowed to talk about that. Lori, you guys are in a special weird category. I'm saying, no, let's, let's it, all of us, Steve, with your straight marriage, yep. you know, <laughs> like how all of us, we don't all have to be on display on a podcast, but like we very much want to normalize. We're broken guys. Mm-hmm. The cross tells us how broken we are. Jesus had to die, not just for me and Matt, but for Steve and Kelly and everyone. Like, so the, the cross shows us that we're all sinful, but the cross also shows us just how beloved we are, no matter what kind of marriage we're in, no matter mm-hmm. what we wrestle with. And so that's why we're putting our lives on display here. Mm-hmm. Um, so from all that, Matt, you're coming yeah. up with a question of the week yeah. and then we'll sign off. Yeah. So the question I have for, for everyone this week and especially you, Lori, like you talked about this relationship that you had with Carol and your counselor yeah, um, and how important it was for her to see you. Yes. Um, but to not let you give yourself kind of the quick fix. So she would confront you, she would speak truth to you, and she would let you wrestle. Yeah. And so my question for everyone is, do you have that person in your life that allows you to wrestle, that allows you um, to really be in process? Mm. And then the, the second part of that question, are you that type of person for someone else? So what I'm hearing in that is really like, do you have a mentor And are you mentoring in some ways? Like you don't have to be a counselor, but do you have someone who's like speaking life into you Mm -hmm. in your mess and letting you be messy? And are you doing that for another person? One and not necessarily mentor as in like a, someone is further along, but I mean, even with friendships, I mean, are you comfortable allowing your friends or your siblings or, Hmm. you know, people that are close to you to, to really wrestle? With with whatever they're dealing with. Are you the type of person who's like, oh, I've got the immediate quick fix. And if that's not happening, then I'm going to be freaking out a little bit. Love it. Okay. Well, thank you. We went over a bit in time, but I hope it was enjoyable for you all to listen to um, and just, you know, touched your heart too. So thank you so much. This is the Hole in My Heart podcast. Drop a review. If you like it, if you don't, I'm just going to keep saying it. Email Matt. He's stronger than I am emotionally. Or Steve. I don't know where you're at emotionally. We'll just say Matt. You know, whatever. (laughs) We can just withhold my contact info and we can just tell everybody. If you can find me, send me an email. (laughs) It's kind of a game now. Anyway, (laughs) uh, so thanks so much for listening and for all of us at the Hole in My Heart podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Hole in My Heart podcast. The gospel is good news for everybody, every day. 
Learn more at himhministries.com.